Hello and welcome to Autistic Adventures. I'm Cass and today is episode 25. We're going to be talking a little bit about autistic burnout. So first off, what is autistic burnout? So this is something that is inadequately researched, frequently misunderstood, and it's a condition characterized by generalized physical and mental exhaustion. It's usually compounded with increased sensory sensitivities and an impaired ability or decreased ability to manage everyday activities and social interactions. In most cases, it's brought on by a combination of factors, but usually it re- it has to do with chronic stress, a discrepancy between expectations and abilities, either someone else's expectations of you or your expectations of yourself, concealment of neurodivergent traits, which can also be known as masking, which ultimately results in significant difficulties in managing daily tasks social and social relationships. So there's additional factors that contribute to burnout that include having a lack of appropriate support, expectations that are not realistic from family, friends, school, employment, or society in general, and the stress that comes with living in a world that is not structured to accommodate people who are neurodivergent. So one of the things that is critical to understand is that burnout is not a conscious choice or behavior. An autistic person is not rejecting social norms or avoiding work because they're quote-unquote tired or quote-unquote lazy. And you can't willpower your way back to previous levels of functioning. In reality, autistic burnout most frequently impacts people that are actually striving too hard to become normal or neurotypical, trying to fit in, masking to the point of that mask is going to slip off whether or not you try or not because you've been striving so hard and trying to will yourself through this issue, whatever it is. So what are some of the warning signs and symptoms that autistic burnout is going to happen? Because one of the best ways to deal with autistic burnout is to not deal with it in the first place and to prevent it from happening not always uh, realistic, but some of the warning signs and symptoms of autistic burnout approaching would be feeling exhausted or chronic fatigue. I would say that, you know, just because you're exhausted or have chronic fatigue does not necessarily mean you are on autistic burnout. It can mean many other things. Um, For instance, for me personally, I have an autoimmune disorder called Hashimoto's And one of the things that affects me is I have a deficient vitamin B and vitamin D. And so I went through a period where I was, I'm not going to say bedridden, but I didn't leave my bed often for about three or four months. And I was like, there is something definitely wrong. I'm having a major issue here. And so in my case, Although I probably was dealing with autistic burnout, it also had to do with certain deficiencies that I had in the moment. You know, um, you could be anemic, you could have, you know, low magnesium levels, vitamin D, vitamin B, you know, so obviously it's not the end all be all. If you're exhausted or you have chronic fatigue, that doesn't mean you're in burnout, but it's one of the signs that can contribute to it. So I would compound that and say, if you are having, you know, chronic fatigue or chronic exhaustion, also check some of the other, you know, physical things that could be going on in your body. 
as well as considering the mental um, aspect aspect of it as well. Number two, uh, like I said, increased sensitivity to sensory stimuli. So this could be increased sense of smell, increased hearing, um, you know, the lights are too bright. For me personally, when I notice I'm edging towards burnout is like normal everyday noises begin to bother me. I always have an increased uh, sensory stimuli happening. I feel like I'm more aware than other people. Like my husband and I can hear the electricity in the walls kinds of sensitive. So we're always aware and have increased uh, stimuli. But when normal everyday noises start to bother me and begin to uh, overwhelm me, I know that that's one of my warning signs. Executive function issues, impairing your brain's ability to manage your thoughts, emotions, and behavior. Number four, struggling with tasks like household chores, homework, job tasks, and personal hygiene. You know, if you think, oh, I really need to take a shower, but the idea of taking a shower is so overwhelming and exhausting to you, that could be, you know, a little warning sign like, I'm not, I haven't been brushing my teeth or, you know, I haven't been taking care of myself. I haven't been eating the way I need to eat. I haven't been able to do my laundry or do the chores that I would normally do. That's a warning sign. Having constant, constant negative thoughts and a cynical outlook. Obviously this is different from depression, but you know, this is also a warning sign of just feeling like, man, everything's harder than it normally is or feeling cynical or feeling pessimistic. An impairment in the ability to communicate verbally. So selective mutism where if you have the ability to speak but you're choosing not to or you're feeling so drained and overwhelmed that you kind of resort to head nods and shakes or having like even short, you know, one word responses and replies to people, that could be a warning sign. Greater difficulty coping with changes than before if it impacts you more. So some warning signs also to watch out for would be changes in eating routines and appetite levels. Lack of engagement in hobbies and special interests. If you get to the point where your special interest is not um, exciting you or giving you that hit of dopamine or making you feel like you want to engage, that could be a warning sign. Feeling emotionally numb, detached, lonely, and isolated. You know, I would say that feeling lonely and isolated is a pretty common occurrence um, with people in the neurodivergent community. Uh, So, you know, one warning sign or one symptom is not going to mean you're in burnout. But, you know, if you're having many of these signs and symptoms, you know, the indication is that you probably are in or are approaching burnout. Difficulty with concentration and maintaining focus, you know, kind of spacing out, tuning out, um, dissociating, having a higher likelihood of occurrence of meltdowns. For me specifically, and I've noticed with some females, we are taught already as children that we are dramatic or we're too much or we're hysterical. And so we learn instead of having meltdowns to have shutdowns. So the difference being instead of outwardly bursting out and maybe falling on the floor and crying and, you know, kind of having some of those um, 
you know, what other people would perceive as a meltdown, we go into a shutdown where we become withdrawn. We're not talking. We become numb, detached. Um, we isolate ourselves. So that's, you know, could be, could have a higher likelihood of that happening of meltdowns and or shutdowns. Other physical symptoms such as sleep disturbances, having headaches, muscle pain, tension, or digestive issues. Feeling either overwhelmed or underwhelmed. You know, you could just feel totally overwhelmed or on the other side of it, you have become so overwhelmed that you detach, you disassociate, and now you're feeling underwhelmed. You are choosing to shut out you know, your emotions and your feelings and you're detaching from them. Difficulty in socializing with others. Heightened irritability and decreased tolerance toward others. This is one of my major warning signs that I tend to have. And I've learned that when I start getting into this heightened irritability or my tolerance for the people or the noises around me are decreasing, that's when I need to um, pull away and like regulate myself and find, you know, get back to baseline, get back to a neutral place because otherwise it'll build and build and build. And I can't will myself out of it or I can't like, uh, like gaslight myself and say, Oh, you're being dramatic. Just get through it. No one else is having an issue. Why are you having an issue? And forcing myself to stay in that that environment that is heightening my irritability and then it just gets worse and worse and I thought there's something wrong with me why am I getting angry at normal things why am I getting angry when my kids are in the other room laughing and I'm trying to cook and the dog is whining at my feet like those three things should not bring me to a point of anger but it's um you know that heightened sensory stimuli that is just becoming overwhelming and I'm like oh this is not an anger issue this is a sensory issue this is me like having a warning sign or a symptom that I'm possibly going towards autistic burnout I'm trying too hard I'm doing too many things I'm forcing myself to be in a situation that I'm not able to be in right now so I might pop on my headphones so I'm not listening to you know, the frequency of my kids, you know, playing so loudly and I'm not listening to the dog whining and I can just focus on cooking and I, I'm able to decrease that sensory stimuli so that I can get into that moment. But if it's gotten too far, I can't do any of those things and I'm going to have to shut it all down and have to withdraw and go to my bedroom and, you know, listen to music or do some yoga and do other things to even regulate. So it's important for me to you know, get to it before it becomes a bigger issue. Debilitating loss of skills and ability to function. Difficulty making decisions and problem solving. Triggered or increased suicidal or self-harming thoughts and behaviors. There's a big difference between suicidal ideation and the action or um, making plans and steps towards that. So, um, you know, ideation could be a thing, even if it's something that it's not something you would ever do, just those thoughts and those triggers and those types of things that could definitely be a warning sign and a symptom. So autistic burnout recovery, what are things that we can do when we're in burnout? Number one is seeking accommodations, finding the things that are going to help bring you back to baseline, that are going to help regulate you. 
setting healthy boundaries, learning how to say no instead of taking it all on or trying to do all the things. And especially as, you know, women or, um, you know, mothers or people that have more expectations than everyone else, you're expected to do this and this and this and this and this and 20 other things that other people are not even thinking the mental load having the mental load of taking care of yourself and a partner and a family and the animals and your job and yourself and all of these things. It's important to maintain healthy boundaries and to say no when you need to say no. If you do take on those boundaries or take on those things and have difficulty setting boundaries, which is valid, I have struggled with and still sometimes struggle with setting boundaries. For example, saying yes to something that you really didn't want to do. There's still time. You can still back away. One of the things you can do if you are an autistic burnout, drop demands. Drop things that are not going to serve you in the moment. You may have said yes to going out to lunch with that person. You may have said yes to making that plate of cookies for the PTA meeting. You may have said yes to doing this function you can drop that demand. You could say, look, when I agreed to this, I was in a different place and I'm not able to. It may be disappointing to yourself. It may be disappointing to somebody else, but pushing yourself and making yourself do things that you're not capable of in the moment. You're not, you don't have that ability to function like you did when you agreed to it. It's okay. I'm giving you permission. Drop those demands. Lessen your burden so that you can focus on recovery Number four, access support through autistic community, through social people, through a therapist, through friends, through family. Access that support. Practicing self-care. Resting. Recovery. Resting is productive. If you have brought yourself to a point where you're not able to function and you can't do all the things that you normally are able to do because you are, you're on your last straw and you're just you know, giving it all you got, self-care, rest, recovery, that's productive. That's going to rejuvenate you to a place where you can go after those things and you can do the things that you want to do without taxing yourself completely emotionally, mentally, and physically. Learning about and embracing your neurodivergence, learning about burnout, learning about recovery, learning about how to see the warning signs and symptoms and how to recover or to prevent burnout from from happening. A good idea would be to have a burnout recovery plan. Oftentimes when we're in burnout, we don't have full (laughs) function of our mental awareness. We're not able to be like, oh, this is what I need and this is what I should do. And, you know, this is how I recover. We're oftentimes so overworked and overtaxed and overstimulated. We can't even think about it in the moment. So there is something that you can write down uh, in a journal. There are printables online. My burnout recovery plan. These are things that you can write down before you are in burnout so that if that does happen, you or a loved one can access that plan and help you get back to recovery, help you be able to rest and recuperate from this burnout. So some of the things that you can put out in your burnout recovery plan would be 
demands that I can drop. So, you know, these are all in boxes. So, so uh, you know, the first box is fill in a space that says demands that I can drop. What are some things that the world isn't going to end if you don't do? I would encourage you to still self-care in the sense of still take a shower. You need to eat. You need to brush your teeth. These are demands that I don't feel like would be helpful to drop. But if it's something like, I, I, I don't feel like I can walk my dog today. It's not going to be the end of the world if your dog does not get a walk. You know, the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to have a little bit more pent up energy and they can release it the next time you go on a walk. What are some other demands that you can drop? Uh, maybe you're going to make a phone call that you don't feel up to anymore. Drop it. You know, unless it's time sensitive, it's okay to drop certain demands. It's okay to step away from things that aren't working for you. The next box is my sensory soothers. What are things that just feel good? They're not going to fix the problem. They're not going to, you know, oftentimes when I went to therapy, it was really frustrating because they're like, oh, have a bath and have a cup of tea and you'll feel better. And I'm like, bro, my issues go way beyond (laughs) a cup of tea and a bath. But if those are your sensory soothers, those are some of the things that can help. Okay, it's not going to fix the problem, but just something that's going to help a soft blanket, um, a, cho- a jewelry, you know, a little chewy, a favorite TV show or a movie, a certain sound or a certain song or a certain playlist, uh, a certain stuffed animal or a squishmallow. Um, just what, think about what are some of your sensory soothers? I actually have a list in my notes in my phone of things that I like. Uh, some of them is, um, a really good hug, fresh baked chocolate chip cookies, a kiss on the forehead, uh, doing a puzzle. So there's certain things and not everyone's going to have the same sensory soothers. If you're in burnout, like maybe the last thing you want is to be touched. So a hug or a kiss on the head is not going to be your sensory soother. But what is something that you personally find soothing that's going to add to the comfort level? It's not going to fix it, but it's going to add to the comfort level to help you rest and recover. That's box number two. Box number three. Sensory blockers that I can use. What are things that are going to help decrease your sensory, you know, heightened uh, activity if you're having issues? Do you need to put on sunglasses in the house? That's fine. Do you need to put on headphones or earplugs or, you know, the loop plugs to decrease some of that um, sound coming out? That's fine. You know, are there other things? Do you have uh, light blockers? Can you dim the lights? Can you turn off the big overhead light and just light a candle or turn on a lamp? You know, just think of these things. What are some sensory blockers? If you're in sensory overwhelm, what are some tools that you can access that are going to help bring that down just a little bit? Box number four, ways to recharge What are things that make you feel like you're able to fully rest so that you can recharge? Maybe it is a bath. Maybe it is a cup of tea. Maybe it's closing the door and shutting yourself off and completely isolating and being alone. To be alone with your thoughts and just have quiet time. Maybe it's binge watching your favorite show. Maybe it's going for a drive. Maybe it's calling up a friend and and venting to them or journaling. 
What are some ways that you personally can recharge? Number five, number fifth box, the fifth box, people I can unmask with. Write down a list of people or even pets that you can unmask with, that you can fully be yourself and not feel like you need to act a certain way, be a certain way, have certain expectations or judgments placed upon you. Even if it's just one or two people, who's someone that you can unmask with? Box number six, my safe foods. What are some safe foods that you can have? Some crackers, some chips, Taco Bell, um, you know, some snacks that are just your go-to that you can have um, set aside, you know, a certain drink. Um, I would suggest to stay away from alcoholic type beverages since those are a depressant. And if you're in, you know, that kind of state, that can actually worsen your issue. But some safe foods, some safe drinks that are going to comfort you in the moment. That's box six. Box number seven. People who are soothing to be with. Now this may be people that you can unmask with or, you know, possibly not. Maybe going to the library is soothing for you and you know that the librarians there are safe. And you feel like it's just soothing to be with them or be around them. Think about people or places that are soothing. Box number eight, people I can go to for extra support. This can be a therapist, this can be a friend, this can be a family member, you know, this can be different people. And number nine, the number ninth box, soothing ways of engaging my special interests. So maybe watching a TV show about your special interest, maybe going into, if you like collecting Pokemon cards or magic cards, Going into and reorganizing your card collection. Um, If you're into a special project, engaging in that project or watching a YouTube video or TikTok about that particular project. You know, think of soothing ways to engage your special interest. So this burnout recovery plan is something that you can write and I would encourage you to write while you are not in burnout so that you can fully... Uh, engage with and have full mental capacity of things that are going to help you during this time so that when you are in burnout, if you pull up the notes on your phone or you pull out that hard copy of your burnout recovery plan or have someone else pull it out for you, say, I need my plan and help them go through that with you. Um, Create a safe place where you have that one person that can help you with that plan in the moment. So that's just something to think about. So here are some things that autistic adults have identified with that's been helpful in their burnout recovery. Acceptance and access to social support. So that's accessing individual and community support, peer support, attending to autistic needs, and time spent unmasking. Leaning into autistic strengths, drawing on your strengths and special interests. Formal supports, mental health supports, taking time off, taking breaks, having the ability to socially withdraw. Reducing the load, reducing activities, setting boundaries, and asking for help. Self-advocacy in health, focusing on a healthy lifestyle, and being able to engage in those activities or those things. Self-knowledge, understanding patterns and triggers, 
such as the warning signs and symptoms and making strategic decision decision sorry making strategic deci- decisions to be preventative and then engaging engaging with the autistic community um, even being able to go on a group or a page that's going to help you with that so these are just a few things, um, warning signs and symptoms of recovery, or I'm sorry, warning signs and symptoms of autistic burnout, building your autistic burnout recovery plan and ways to prevent burnout and how to rest and recover and recoup- recuperate from that. If this is something that helped you, I'd love to hear about it, or if you have other ideas or thoughts about warning signs and symptoms or ways to prevent autistic burnout or something that can we can add to the recovery plan i'd love to hear from you you can email me at autisticadventures at yahoo.com i also have a facebook page called autistic adventures that you are welcome to follow and like and you know if you're in burnout in the moment keep doing what you're doing listen to podcasts rest recover recuperate There may be people that judge it or see it from the outside as lazy or not trying hard enough, having these judgments, but just know that rest and recovery is vital and important to being able to get back to your normal functioning and to get out of that um, kind of the crisis of being in burnout. And as long as it takes is as long as it takes. There is no time sensitive thing that says you have to only be in burnout for so long or you can only take such and such time to recover. Um, It takes time. It can take days. It can take weeks. And in some cases for people that aren't actively resting in recovery, it can take years to get back to normal functioning. So give yourself grace. Give yourself understanding and kindness and accept that it's not always going to be this fast, quick thing that it's like, oh, if I go have a cup of tea and I do, you know, 20-minute yoga, I'm going to be back to my good old self. It may take more than that. It take may, may take longer than that. And that's okay. Accept that and allow that to take as much time as it needs. And give yourself um, kindness and grace in the moment. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I'll see you later.